Hello, hello. How are you going? Did you guys get my invite to talk? Yeah. Matt and Lewis. Can you guys hear me properly? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Cool. Welcome. I think you got to bring Lewis up. Maybe I can... Yeah, I'm inviting uh, Matt and Lewis. I should be getting it. If not, can you request to speak? Sorry for the delay, guys. Should be all good to go. Um, and and Defo guy. Um, should get him up there as well. You have to be on your phone um, if, if you're a speaker. Yo. Yo. What's up? Sorry for the for the delay i was on desktop trying to <laughs> trying to request and then i realized oh shit yeah, be on. Oh, yeah no worries so, it's a bit dumb yeah don't know why yeah. through there like a bit that. tedious but it's all good uh so we're just waiting on on matt yeah he's uh going on his phone to burn easy Alright, should be a good good one today. Gonna kick it off strong. Yeah, excited. Yes sir. Nah, I think it's pretty cool. Like yeah, I'm, I um I'm pretty familiar with like the V C space as a whole, but uh Web three V C it's something I haven't really I haven't really um you know, explored too much, don't know too much about, so I I'm really keen to, to hear what uh Matt has to say and hear his insights and perspective. I feel like it'd be a whole different world. Yeah. Be cool. He's a cool guy. Polo's cool as so, well. So. Yeah. yeah, I've heard good things. Boomerang. Off to a start. <laughs> I think we'll just give it like uh, two more minutes, I reckon. Does he Does he know he needs to get on his phone instead of going? 
Ah, yeah, I told him. Say it. Cool. He's just gonna pop the But yeah. Yeah. Too easy. No worries. Alright, when he gets in here, um I think we'll just kick it off by giving a quick intro. Jet will give a quick intro of ourselves and then hand it over to to Matt to introduce himself and then we'll um we'll get into it from there. How does that sound? Yeah, hey guys. Sorry it's good yeah. Technically hey, how you going? Yeah, good. You would have thought that I would have worked it out by now, but uh <laughs> I've I've never been a speaker on a spaces, so uh yeah, yeah, yeah neither. Story. I made the same mistake. I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to join on my yeah. desktop. Yeah. And I must be doing something wrong. Yeah, then I have to go into my permissions. <laughs> can you Lewis, can you hear Matt? Yeah I can hear Matt. Can't you? No. Uh, maybe just rejoin quick. Yeah, I'm going to rejoin. One sec. Sweet. Um, Matt, we were just saying, we'll just kick it off by uh, Jet and I. will give a quick, uh, real quick intro of like who we are, and then we'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself, Apollo Capital, um, what does he do, and then we'll uh, we'll get into it from there. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Easy, easy. We'll just get Jet back up as a speaker, if possible. Come on, Jet. Send in that request. Cool. Finally worked oh, out. Yeah. Uh, can you hear Matt? I sure can. Hey, All right. Good, mate. Cool. I guess, um, yeah, I guess we'll kick it off from here. So for a bit of context, I'll just be real quick in my intro. Uh, I'm Lewis. I've got a, a background in uh, marketing and operations. So I've worked in both uh, Web 2 and Web 3 in, in marketing and ops roles. Um, uh, and I'll pass it over to Jet. I'll be real quick, and then we'll we'll get straight into the conversation with uh with Matt. Yeah, just really quickly. Uh, my name is Jet, and I, I work at um, Parent at the moment. Uh, and I used to be the community coordinator at Minky Up. Um, been Web three for about three years, and worked full time for a year. Um, and now me and Lewis are taking the spaces for Boomerang. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so um. Matt, thanks for thanks for jumping on with us today. Uh, we're a bit personally, I've been really excited about this space as all week because um, I think uh, obviously like the capital raising and, and VC space is really interesting by itself. But then uh, merging that with uh, crypto and Web three, the Web three world, it sort of takes it to a whole nother level, and it's a, a topic that mm-hmm. I've been really keen to explore. So, do you want to give us a, a quick intro of you know who you are? Give us a quick intro of Apollo Capital as well. What what you do on a day to day, and you know what your role is, and so forth. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that intro, guys. Um, so I guess I am an analyst here at Apollo Capital. Um, started about two years ago. I was part-time during my last semester of university at Monash. Uh, and then I've been full-time since the start of 2021. Um, and so my background is Bachelor of Business at Monash University, majoring in accounting with minors in finance and economics. Um, and uh, at Apollo, I work closely on the investments team, um, uh, especially with the early stage deals and, and the portfolio management side of things. So 
Uh, at Apollo, we currently manage four pro- portfolios across two broad strategies. Uh, those two strategies, uh, the first of which being your classic long exposure vehicle, uh, where we invest in uh, your classic Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the Ethereum competitors, the other smart contract platforms. And then we have a focus on decentralized finance and then a bucket in NFT and metaverse infrastructure as well. Uh, and then a- another bucket into market neutral strategies, uh, which uh, it- we spun out into our other two portfolios. So a lot of stablecoin yield farming, which is why I call myself the agricultural scientist. Um, and then in, in all of those different buckets, so the layer ones, the DeFi and the NFT and metaverse infrastructure stuff, um, we do early stage uh, VC style investing. Um, and that makes up about 10% of our current portfolio uh, because we do offer monthly liquidity uh, to our investors. So we can't have 50% uh, locked up uh, and then the uh, investors ask for their money back and then it's all locked. Um, so we, we're not like a traditional VC in the way that we have, uh, you know, a seven-year lockup or something like that. And then it's also important to point out that we are 100% tokens, um, so we don't do any equity raises. Um, and so our early-stage deals are all SAFT agreements. Um, and so a little bit different to, to some other uh, Web3 VCs and especially those Web2 VCs transitioning into Web3, you know, they actually prefer the equity, whereas we're sort of token maxis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. And um, I was just uh, noticed you you mentioned you had a like a bit of a background in, in traditional accounting and you minded in um, economics and finance, was it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I was just curious, like, uh, you know, the traditional or from my understanding, like the tradi- traditional career path, especially straight out of uni from those majors might be, you know, going to uh, a big four like accounting firm or perhaps consulting or, or something of the sort. I was curious, how did you uh, end up transitioning into into DeFi and, and tokenomics and, and the Web3 space as a, as a whole? Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll give some background on my journey with crypto. So I first invested into crypto in early 2017. So my first year of university, got obsessed with the space and was following markets, but only really invested into crypto. And then, um, you know, throughout that period in 2018, 2019, I didn't think chasing a job in crypto or Web3 you know, before Web3 was really uh, coined. I didn't think that that was realistic. So um, I I changed my major from finance to accounting because I didn't want to go into a bank or anything like that because obviously I was into crypto. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 2020 was when I was trying to get, um, you know, a job in one of those big fours. And because of COVID, they weren't hiring much. Um, So it was a bit hard to, to lock down a job there. And during that period in in those first lockdowns and, and even before that, I was headfirst into DeFi, headfirst into crypto. So at some point when I had, you know, my third maybe uh, accounting job interview and, and didn't manage to secure a spot, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to tra- chase the dream, chase the crypto dream, and then uh, reached out to Tim and Henrik. Um, so I guess that's that's the story of how I started off looking at going into accounting and then ended up. In crypto and DeFi, mm. uh, and I guess accounting, you know, gives that good background on on how a business functions and and all that sort of stuff. Mm, for sure. And um, given you know the Web three space overall, let alone um, you know Web three VC, 
uh, it's quite, you know, it's obviously quite new and um, there isn't, you know, it hasn't been adopted into mainstream education or formal education, especially in universities. Uh, how did you find the process of, you know, getting a job in, in Web3? Um, was there a significant skill gap that uh, you had to, you know, work to overcome or, or how did you um, approach the task of learning all these new skills and, um, you know, to allow you to, you know, perform at the best of your abilities in this, in this role as an analyst? Yeah, I guess I was always obsessed um, with crypto and and obsessed with finance. So um, having that passion for finance and and learning about all of that sort of stuff really transitioned um, into being sort of like a DeFi analyst. Um, and then before I got a job, I actually I actually made a YouTube channel uh, called DeFi Guy. If you guys want to <laughs> jump on that um, later, I haven't posted on there for a while, but uh, I guess just posting content, posting analysis. Um, and actually sort of trying to get involved in a, in a more meaningful way was really sort of what kick-started me uh, thinking that uh, crypto and DeFi was what I wanted to go into. And then Henrik and Tim, my bosses, said that, you know, they looked at that content that I produced and, and myself, you know, having that uh, drive to, you know, independently get involved and actually do things was a, was a reason why they took me on board. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I've always been a big fan of the idea of, um, you know, posting content of your own initiative, not necessarily to get anything, anything out of it, but I feel like it just has so many benefits. A from like a learning perspective, it, it sort of forces you to learn new things to produce new content and get a, you know, if you if you if you're able to explain a concept, I think that highlights that you really uh, understand it and and can comprehend it. But then there's also the secondary benefits of like. Um, you know, highlighting to or being able to show uh, potential employers that you actually know your stuff and not only that, but you have the initiative and, and drive to, to take steps of your own, you know, of your own initiative and, um, and, and willingness to, you know, step outside the box and not be lazy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, actually had a, I actually had a question for you as well. Um, just for someone that might be in the position that you were in in 2017 and you kind of got kick-started into crypto, where did you start? initially where where was the first place you went to i guess to start learning what you learned um yeah yeah i guess i started off definitely on youtube um so watch watch a lot of youtubers watch some really good ones watch some that i probably shouldn't have watched as much as i did um if i want to name names <laughs> one of those being tone based um but uh Happy to say that I don't listen to him anymore, but um, but yeah, I mean, you got to find what works for you. Um, some people read more, um, but I I certainly enjoyed uh, going onto YouTube uh, and finding people that that I respected and respected their opinion and 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 you know got a lot of value out of. Um, so yeah, you got to find uh, sort of like mentors uh, that you can listen to and and learn from, and whether that be yeah through YouTube or or finding uh, Twitter personalities that that post Medium blogs. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, great. Awesome. I think um, I think that insight's really important because you know personally, I know a lot of uh, the younger demographic. Uh, you know, they hear a lot about Web three and crypto and NFTs and so forth, and they're interested in learning more about it and potentially pursuing a career in the space. But because it hasn't really been adopted by the mainstream, and there aren't really uh, many traditional resources for uh, for people to turn to and and to get that baseline uh, level of 
knowledge and understanding, it, it can be difficult for them to break into into the Web3 space and pursue a career in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I think that insight's uh, really important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so now like transitioning into more of the specifics of your role, um, I, I sort of mentioned at the start, like uh, I think people have a pretty decent understanding of like the VC space and, and capital raising and portfolio management in from a Web2 side of things. But I feel like that can change pretty significantly when it comes to, um, you know, deal, like that same industry, but in Web3. So I'd be, really love to hear, like, what does a day in your life as, a, as an analyst actually look like? And, you know, for, also to give insight to people who, who might be interested in pursuing a similar career line, like what would, a, what would the day-to-day look like for you? Yeah, so I guess my day-to-day since I've been at Apollo has, has changed a little bit. But I guess at the moment, um, the first thing I do in the morning is to catch up on the overnight news from from various sources and, and go through my emails and, um, you know, go through all those email lists. Uh, I think it's really important to keep up with the market and keep up with the fundraisings and, and stuff like that so you see what's what's going on in, in all, of the, all of the different sectors within Web3 and crypto. Um, then we'll, we will usually uh, read through any pitch decks that we might have received um, and then, you know, the ongoing DD with due diligence with all of the different pitch decks or deals that we're looking at, um, you know, scheduling calls, going on calls, uh, and then sort of discussing with the investment team and writing analysis on on various things. And, and you know, that analysis could be on secondary market positions that we have in the portfolio, um, or it could be on these earlier stage deals. Um, then it's also important that we we maintain our relationships with portfolio companies and and also other VCs and and then the potential deals as well. Um, so with the portfolio companies, we we try and help them out as much as possible. Um, whether that be you know giving them a bit of strategic advice, um, discussing tokenomics, or, or or getting them in contact with with other VCs or other businesses, um, you know we try and help them out as much as possible. Um, and then I guess other things that I do is is helping out with the accounting. Um, you know with that accounting background, we do have another specialized accounting analyst who's really great, but um, it can be a bit of a job to strike the nav of all portfolios every single month. Um, And uh, with our two market neutral strategies as well, um, we're always trying to find yields yields and maximize yields there. Um, And I'm also, you know, I also work on actually carrying out the trades through Fireblocks. So moving stable coins between different different, uh, protocols uh, or different blockchains. uh, And, you know, there's a little bit of logistics to to that stuff as well. and then writing writing content, so a little bit of blog uh, content or extended reports, uh, and then we also do monthly reports to investors. Uh, and then beyond that as well, I do talk to the investors. Um, except you could imagine there's a few uh, less conversations with new investors at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I actually, um, just one question um, mm-hmm. uh, with regards to that like due diligence point um, in the morning when you guys go through that due diligence process. I've had someone recently kind of ask me what what these cap, uh, capital, um, what these investments uh, are based on and what you guys are actually looking for um, when you when a company comes to you for an investment. Um, what mm-hmm. do you guys look into um, in that back back end due diligence? 
Yeah, I guess the the main thing that we look at is the underlying innovation um, and whether we think that that protocol will actually be able to capture uh, value and, and capture a market. Um, and sometimes it takes a little bit of due diligence to, to sort of see if there's a market need there. Um, so uh, an example recently was we funded a, an NFT financialization play. So they're essentially trying to be like a yearn finance for NFT financialization. Um, and so we sort of did some DD on the whole uh, NFT financialization space. So that's things like NFTX uh, and NFT Fi. Uh, and then we, we, you know, we continuously go back to the team and, and ask questions and on how they sort of uh, will approach the market and uh, how they will solve the various problems. Um, so it's a bit of an iterative process there where you, where you go uh, back and forth. And then another important thing is, is obviously the team. Uh, what's their background? Uh, how capable do you think they are? Are they technical? Are they not technical? Uh, and one thing that I've, you know, really uh, found out uh, over the past year or so is that uh, we we like backing the technical founders uh, first and foremost because uh, usually the tradfi guys coming into crypto and and making something and having to like outsource the development um, to a, a large extent um, they sort of don't do as well as when you have a really technical. Uh, team or, or co-founder who's able to drive that side of the business um, from the get-go. Um, and then there's also, you know, DD on on if they have a product already, how successful has that product been, um, you know, the market traction, um, all of those sort of things. So it, it depends on, on what the project is. Um, so the way that you would approach analyzing like a layer one is obviously very different to a DeFi protocol. Um, or, or even like an NFT or metaverse uh, infrastructure place. So, yeah, there's always a, always a lot to look at, but I think uh, the main thing is, uh, yeah, do we think that there's a market for this product and, and do we think that they have a, a competitive advantage and, and a bit of a moat? Yeah, yeah awesome. great. Um, I was just also uh, curious, you mentioned that you, you've started to, to favour more towards uh, teams that have a, or at least one, one member with a strong technical uh, background. Are there any other like traits or or trends that you look for when you know analyzing potential new investments? Are there any other common trends that you like to to favor? Um, yeah, I guess with the with the founders, it's always a really big benefit to have a strong crypto background. Um, and then through through the questionings as well, I really like to gauge their sort of longer term thesis or perspective on the market because obviously the crypto market is going to be evolving, you know, it evolves day by day. So you, you really need someone who's got a strong vision, um, who knows what well, roughly what the market's going to look like in a year because, uh, you know, if they're if they're planning to create over the next one, two, or three years, you know, they've got a they've got a plan for that. And and the crypto market three years ago looked uh, completely different. So, I think it's really quite important to have a really strong crypto background within uh, the founding members. Um, and yeah, usually that technical person has a pretty a pretty strong background. Yeah, for sure. And um, something that I I was really uh, 
curious, like I've brought it up several times over the spaces, but I don't know, it might be a tricky question for you to answer given you went straight into into Apollo out of uni, but how do you think that uh, your role as an analyst in a Web3 focused um, firm would, would differ from a similar role in a firm that, that is more um, Web2 aligned? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously I don't have much uh, or any personal experience in like a Web2 VC, but I guess from my, uh, you know, what I've sort of noticed and and then speaking to uh, traditional VCs, and I guess these VCs that I speak to are more uh, trying to get into the Web3, so they're coming from Web2 to Web3. So I guess they have a a stronger focus on uh, like, you know, the seed or the pre-seed and like being the only investor in those rounds, whereas we're sort of a bit different where um, we don't really have a huge preference, whether it's seed or series A. Um, if it's a good deal, uh, then it's a good deal. And we like to usually see uh, a range of uh, different strong backers in um, in the round. Um, so that's that's a benefit for us to see strong backers, whereas like a traditional Web2 VC, I think they don't prefer that. Um, and then some of the Aussie VCs that I know as well, they have a, a mandate to only invest in other Australians, um, so Australian companies and then, um, you know, Australians who are, might be overseas, whereas we obviously with crypto, we have a, a global mandate. Uh, I think it's really hard to have an Australian-only mandate in, in Web3. Mm. Um, and then I guess the, another huge uh, difference is is the path to liquidity. Um, so it's a lot easier to launch a token than it is to to launch a stock for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. And so I think in in the crypto market as well, you get a lot of like liquid vent, liquid venture tokens. Um, so um, I guess Jet, you work for for Perion. You know they've got a token trading. Um, but they're still very much a venture play. Um, and the token is actually trading below like the Series A uh, price. So you can actually get a better price than the VCs. And, and you're not going to get that in like Web2. Um, so that there is a lot of opportunity within Web3 to, to snag deals um, if you're not like, you know, private market investor. For sure. Yeah, for and sure. Just, just quickly um, on the point you mentioned that uh, Web3 VC tends to prefer or, or they find an advantage when a potential investment has multiple uh, investors as opposed to the Web2's general preference to be like the sole or one of very few uh, investors. Could you just dive a bit more into that and and uh, explain why that's the case? I sort of missed it there. Yeah, look, I guess that's just coming from a very, a very much an outsider sort of perspective. But I guess we like to see other VCs in these rounds, um, probably because uh, you know if it's a global VC network, you're going to have a global reach, um, and then you're going to uh, be able to capture more of a global market. Whereas uh, if it's an Australian business, it's sort of brick and mortar. You know, they obviously can't go global straight off the bat. But with crypto, you can you can be global straight off the bat um that's yeah. sort of sort of the name of the game so uh, i think that's why web3 usually has a preference for for multiple vcs that can all add value in their respective regions for sure for sure yeah nice um, no, no, i had a question regarding the the ease of being able to deploy tokens um and and basically the future of 
DeFi as a whole, because I know that's that's your game. Um, where do you think DeFi space is going? Do you think that, and how do you sort through that clutter? Because tokens are deployed every single day um, and kind of, I guess, hyped up uh, by external sources as well. Um, how do you sort through that clutter is kind of what my question is. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a tough question uh, to sort of predict, predict the future. I might have to consult the crystal ball first. Um, but, <laughs> but I, think, I think that you're going to have like a spectrum of, of DeFi, right? So on, on one side, you're going to have DeFi. In the middle, you've got something that I call on-chain finance or on-fi. And then on the right, you've got like centralized finance or traditional finance. So I think that you're going to get um, a lot more on-chain finance or on-fi solutions coming out. So the, the, the easiest example to give would be like a Maple Finance where they combine elements of centralization with elements of, of on-chain and, and blockchain to, to provide benefits that you can get from both. So the benefit of blockchain being the transparency and, and the openness and even permissionless um, in some ways because anyone can provide liquidity to Maple. Uh, but then you get the benefits of centralization being, you know, greater capital efficiency and and greater efficiency, uh, you know, overall. Um, and then also, you know, uh, there's a little bit of trust there, uh, but you know, there's trade-offs with with trust and um, and efficiency. And and DeFi has always been focused on trustless, permissionless, um, and you know, fully on chain, like like a Uniswap. And I think there's always going to be a place for that but i think you're going to get uh, a lot of solutions coming out that yeah i would classify as on-chain finance um that are going to be able to to sort of bridge the real world um and and DeFi and DeFi liquidity awesome thank you yeah so and sort of um tra- like i guess transitioning from that and flowing on from that uh Point, like more technical point uh, it's no secret to any of us that you know the markets aren't in the best shapes of their lives right now uh given that how have, how have you and how has apollo as a whole uh, adapted to that and dealt with the struggles of the bear market you sort of alluded to this fact earlier that there there's a much uh lower volume of of uh potential deals coming through at the moment what what changes have you had to make to to weather this market at the moment yeah, look, we we were in a relatively fortunate position that we had uh, a bit of cash on the sidelines in both of our long um, mandates. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that we didn't get somewhat burnt and we haven't lost a, a reasonable amount of money because, uh, you know, in both funds, um, you know, we sort of got burnt by Terra and even UST, you can imagine being being yield farmers. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've been yeah fortunate enough to have a bit of cash on the sidelines so we can still invest in, in some of the deals that are coming through. Uh, and, yeah, we are getting less deals, um, but we're also getting, you know, less crap. And then the, the projects that actually are fundraising uh, have been of relatively good quality. So we've actually done – we actually did quite a few deals um, over the past two months while, while everything, everything was crashing. 
Um, and then one or two of those deals was actually uh, a portfolio company going back to their investors asking for more money to to increase their run rate um, rather than doing an IDO and um, collecting money from the public. So that was another opportunity for us to gain more tokens in in a project that we believe in. So there has been some benefits, um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just glad that we have a bit of cash on the sidelines, so we can we can keep investing. Yeah, no, that's great to hear that you guys have uh, managed to find some some opportunities in in the builders market. I should be saying uh, another bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, sort of uh, flowing on from that, uh, do you have any like pieces of advice or little tips for for the everyday investor who who are actively trying to weather the bear market right now? How can um, you know any any little nuggets of wisdom that they can use to incorporate into their into their activities to yeah you know get through uh, the times at the moment. Yeah, I guess like like I said uh, before with Perion, you know that's trading well below um, the venture capital price in in their latest uh, raise. So um, I think that there would be a lot of opportunities out there to gain tokens at at really good valuations and. And at the moment, it's sort of time to consolidate your portfolio, consolidate your thinking. You know, you don't have the craziness of the bull market where you're throwing things into into random coins, into random dog coins because you sort of think they might go up. You know, it's time to to knuckle down your thesis in, and build a portfolio that, that you really believe in. Um, and then I guess another uh, a, a bit of advice I would give is to, you know, keep – dollar cost averaging in, keep putting in fresh capital. If you see your bags and and you're sad because they're so far down and you're just waiting for them to go back up, uh, I think the focus should be more on uh, putting in uh, more capital and, you know, not going crazy with it, obviously, and this is not financial advice. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a buyer's market. It's a stock picker's market. So if you do the analysis and you find really good deals, um, you know, the market's not going to turn around uh, anytime soon, really. Um, but you can find good deals and start building positions that will pay off uh, immensely in the, in the next two, three, four years or, or however long it takes. Yeah, for We're sure. <laughs> and uh, just out of, out, of curio- out of my own curiosity, this is a bit left of field of, of what we've been talking about so far. But how do you think that um, would the same apply to the NFT market or, or what are your thoughts on that? Because, um, you know, obviously I think uh, I saw a graph recently that shows the volume of, of NFTs being traded over time and it's, you know, you see a massive peak from when, when it was uh, right in the, in the, in the middle of the, of the bull run and then a really steep drop off into, you know, what looks like pretty much no volume. What are your thoughts on, on that space at the moment as well? Yeah, look, we're not we're not NFT experts. I'm not going to claim to be an NFT expert, but you know the same thing applies in that a lot of the really quality sort of collections uh, are going to be forgotten. Um, but you know, if there's a Discord community there or a community, uh, a strong community around that collection, um, you know, eventually it should turn back around. So uh, I think I, th- I think I see Matt Williamson. I think he's way more into uh, NFTs than myself. So I'm sure he could talk about that more. But um, but yeah, I mean, the same thing uh, applies where you know there's going to be a whole lot of opportunity to to get quality uh, assets at a discount and maybe the mints will won't be as hot um it's sort of more about going through all the old stuff and and whatnot 
Yeah, for sure. And I also noticed we've got uh, Mr. NFT Mel, Mr. James Rowdy in the in the in the call as well. So um, wanted to wanted to bring that up for for his sake as well. Hopefully we can get him on for some for some for some advice at the end of this spaces as well <laughs> if he's got time. But um, yeah. So only uh, a couple more. Uh, major questions before I, I'd like to, you know, pass it over to the rest of the listeners and see if they have any of their own questions. But for someone uh, looking to perhaps start their own company in Web3 or, or start investing in Web3 companies themselves, uh, what are the main things that you feel like they should uh, uh, pay attention to um, or any advice for getting started in the middle of this uh, a builder's market at the moment? Um yeah, I guess I guess keeping up with the market, staying up to date with all the fundraising that is occurring, um, staying up to date with the different VCs in the space, uh, reaching out to those VCs, uh, continually having conversations with with other builders to sort of gauge the interest in in what you want to build, um, and then joining communities like this one, I think is is really positive for those who who want to start investing uh, and want to start you know talking to like minded people. Uh, about what uh, about what's happening in the market because uh, you know if you're just doing crypto solo it can be really hard so you need someone to bounce ideas off um, and I think yeah one of the main things that I would suggest to potential builders is is to just reach out to to these VCs and and to these people who who you might think you know might have too too much not enough time to speak to you. Um, and sort of bounce ideas off. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised uh, about people's openness to to speak with you and and talk about your ideas. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people. Uh, you know, like Upside Kyle. I think he was he was in this spaces before. But you know, reaching out to him and and talking to him about your early stage project and and people like myself and and other VCs that might exist in Australia. Uh, I think that's probably my biggest piece of advice is to to start talking to people. Yeah, no, great. That's um, yeah, it's really good, and I think it it is easy for people to think, oh, these VCs and um, you know, people who hold like you know, relatively like prestigious titles or or, or whatnot can be. Uh, yeah, it's easy to think they might be too busy to listen, but um, I think that that point of you know just reaching out, it doesn't hurt to reach out and try at least try and make contact. Is um is really valuable to get their get their insight, um yeah and the the final question I had was we we've talked quite a bit about like um you know keeping up to date with with the markets and our VCs and investment rounds and so forth. Uh, what are your go to resources uh, that you you know you know you can rely on get up to date information up to date and accurate information I should say. What are you, what are your go tos uh, go to resources for that? Um, yeah, I guess my my go-to resources are, are pretty classic, you know, things like uh, the newsletters from uh, The Block, Masari, uh, Delphi Digital, uh, certain telegram groups like The Daily Ape or now it's called The Daily Bear. Um, you know, he, here at Apollo, we have subscriptions to, to things like Masari's. I don't necessarily think you need the pro uh, subscription to these things. You can get a lot of info. Um, you know, from a high level uh, and uh, say if you see a Delphi daily that mentions an NFT report, but they don't show you the analysis of it. Well, you know, you can go on that NFT, um, you know, website and actually do your own analysis. It's just about where you sort of source that um, initial information from. 
Um, so yeah, I guess my sources are pretty pretty standard. Uh, obviously, Twitter as well is is a helpful one. So uh, it really pays to follow people that um, that you think uh, you know can give you a lot of value and and post in, insightful things about about the market. Yeah, great. Well, um, there are all the all the main questions I have for you at the moment. Unless Jeff has any other questions that he'd like to add in, I'd love to. Um, pass it over to the audience if anyone has any questions that uh, they'd, last, they'd like to ask Matt while we've got him here. Um, yeah, now's the time. So, yeah. If anyone has anything, just like chuck your hand up and then hopefully we'll get, we can get you up as a speaker. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll ask while we wait. Uh, Matt, what NFTs you're picking up at the moment? Or we can bring, <laughs> bring him up and ask him, see what he's picking up. Both Matt's. <laughs> Oh, what am I picking? What am I picking up? Yeah. Um, oh God. Uh, so I guess my history with NFTs is uh, before I started at Apollo, I got uh, I went down the rabbit hole, uh, picked up you know your classic Zed runs, bit of Sandbox Land, um, and some other random sort of gaming ones. So I guess I've always invested in in the gaming NFTs. So. Uh, I'll answer that question with saying if uh, if there are any good gaming NFTs looking my way, and I might might have a dabble. Yeah. Oh, so is that um, where you found out about Perion? I guess through that gaming um, sector. Um. So yeah, we we found Perion through uh, Yarn, nice. the big the big man Yarn. Yeah. So he works at Bankster, and we're on the same call. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah. You mentioned the, the token. Is it, you were referring to Perk? Yeah. Referring to? Cool. Yeah, yeah, Perk. Um, I, put a, I put a link uh, in, the, in the Boomerang Discord uh, late last night uh, for people to put their questions in, in, in advance. Uh, one of the ones we have here, I think we might have, uh, we, we've probably covered it a little bit in the previous questions, but it's what are the key indicators you look for in uh, potential uh, new investments? Uh, yeah, I guess we, we spoke about that on the venture side a little bit with, um, you know, uh, talking about the team and, and the product and whether it has a future. And then I guess on the, uh, on the DeFi secondary market side of things, obviously there's, there's TVL, uh, and you know, the fee revenue and whether that fee revenue actually accrues to the token holders. Uh, a good example of that is GMX where you, where you get a lot of that underlying cash flow. And then, uh, I think the whole market has their fingers crossed that Uniswap will add on their, their fee share eventually. Um, and then, uh, for the layer ones, I guess that you look at, you can look, at, you can analyze a layer one on the three different sort of uh, parts of the triangle being scalability, security, and decentralization. Um, so you can look at various metrics there, uh, things like you know, uh, various nodes and, and how much fees are actually paid to use the blockchain. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at all those specific sort of metrics, metrics but on the venture side, it very much is geared towards, uh, you know, thinking about whether the product and the protocol has a future in the market uh, and then looking at the team. Yeah, yeah I think we, I have think we have a question. Yeah, yeah oh. how are you going? Um, I just wanted to uh, ask about whether you guys also, you know, at, at Apollo there, um, 
look at traditional equity positions versus just token positions. Um, that's probably mm-hmm. my first question. And then the second part of that question is with the, uh, the SEC over in the US looking at Coinbase now for unregulated securities, what's your uh, risk mitigation in terms of your current holdings uh, in terms of tokens and how far, I guess, you know, you're across the, the regulatory environment here um, in, in Australia in particular uh, in reference to that? Yeah, uh, good questions. Um, so I guess the first one is, I think I mentioned at the very, very start that where uh, we only invest in in tokens and actual crypto assets and, and soft agreements. So we don't look at the equity side, um, you know, from a publicly listed standpoint or from like safe agreements. Um, so early stage equity agreements. Um, so very much token maxis. Uh, on the regulation side, I mean, uh, there is a lot of sort of regulatory risk out there. I think a lot of these inquiries are going to provide uh, a lot of regulatory clarity, which is something that, uh, you know, DeFi and crypto assets definitely need. Um, I myself personally, I'm, I'm not a, I'm the first one to put my hand up and admit that I'm not an expert in uh, regulation, uh, but we do actively speak with uh, regulators in Australia, or at least my, my boss, Henrik Anderson, uh, is very active in that space and, and, and navigating that landscape. So I think that um, you know, with the things happening at Coinbase and and the the guy getting convicted, I mean, if you if you are doing that that sort of activity, then you probably deserve to get uh, to get convicted. Uh, but I think that the crypto industry and and sort of what we invest in, um, we definitely promote self regulation. Um, so here at Apollo, we have. Uh, an insider trading or a trading policy. So I can't personally buy any crypto assets without first getting permission from my bosses. And I think that's a really good example of how the crypto industry needs to self-regulate uh, to prevent, uh, you know, things like that, that Coinbase scandal happening. Um, but yeah, I guess it is nervous times uh, thinking about how the SEC could really come down on a few of these these tokens and, and securities and stuff like that. But we do actively monitor it. It's just hard to hard to buy quality assets uh, and and mitigate all of your regulatory risk, right? Yeah, no, thanks, thanks for that. Cheers. That was an awesome question. Yeah, I agree. Really good one. Um, Well, in that case, unless anyone else has any other questions, and if you do, feel free to just uh, put up your hand and we'll add you as a speaker. But if not, then um, I think we'll we'll probably wrap it up there. Thanks so much, Matt, for for jumping on. Yeah, I think everyone can agree that you've uh, provided some great insight into into the world of Web3 VC and what it's like to to work in that role, how to get into a role like that for people looking to pursue a career in Web3. Uh, and then also um, some great insight into what you know, what uh, potential founders or aspiring founders or current founders uh, should do to position position themselves in the best possible way to to achieve success. So uh, thank you very much for that. Thank you to everyone who who jumped in the spaces to to listen. This is our, is our first one, so we're still working a lot of things out. But um, hopefully we'll we'll continue to improve yeah. and um, grow from here. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. Jump in the Discord server. Um, you know, get engaged and, and join the community. Uh, and if you have any feedback, just, you know, either shoot us a DM or message us on Discord, put it in the chat, whatever. Uh, and then we'll, um, yeah, try our best to continue to grow and improve and um, get better from here.
Uh, Matt, if anyone wanted to reach out to you, as we discussed reaching out, what's the best way to do so? Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, well, obviously my Twitter's here, but then LinkedIn uh, is something that I check very regularly. So I'd say LinkedIn. So Matthew Harcourt is uh, is my full name. Dope. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks again, Matt, and thanks again to everyone who jumped in. I guess we'll wrap it up there and um, hopefully see you all again soon for the next spaces. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Let's go.